Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, why is it? I've asked this question now, my gosh, for three, four years when I saw a Verizon commercial with a Hollywood celebrity who had said some outrageous things about cops. Why is it that celebrities are allowed to say the most bigoted, anti-Semitic, racist, misogynistic, whatever things out there, and they always get a pass. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for a simple reason, it's nothing to do with any of those things other than power. And celebrities happen to be liberal. And if you're liberal, you're a protected class. I got that. I got a lot more on the show today, including more just stunning research charts and stuff that's going to show you we're being totally gaslit right now. Today's show brought to you by friends at ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, protect your online data. Protect it. Get a VPN today. From those prying government eyes, you don't need that. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Mr. Bongino. I'm doing good, but you know, I'm tired of feeling like prey. I feel like prey. Yeah. Well, every time, I mean, on every issue. And it's just like we're being, and that's why I'm going to flip the script a little today. I've been Mm -hmm. starting off with a lot of coronavirus stuff, but this is important stuff. The, why celebrities and 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 liberal left-leaning entertainers, sports figures, whatever, always get a pass. Yet if you're on the right and you're a conservative and you say something that's even mildly milk toast, perceived to be wrong, boycotts, deplatform, everything. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a joke. All right, let's get right to it. All Loaded right, show man. today. Today's show brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. The GenuCell summer blowout sale is here, everybody, right now. Order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness under the eyes and the jawline treatment. And Chamonix will double your supply of both products for free. Paula's favorites. Here's what Beverly is from Huntsville, Alabama had to say about GenuCell. OMG, love this product. Saw a difference the second time I used it and I recommend it to everyone if they have a problem with their jawline. My daughter even told me I look younger than last week. Now's your turn to look years, even decades younger, just like Beverly. Results guaranteed or simply get 100% of your money back. It's that easy. Order GenuCell now. Shamini will double your order for free for a limited time. Here's what you need to do. Go to GenuCell.com, enter my special promo code DAN30, that's DAN30, at checkout for an instant $30 off your order. Can't beat that. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Get double your order plus a free surprise, plus a surprise luxury gift. Can't beat that. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Don't wait another minute. Visit GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. That's GenuCell.com. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, Dano. Now, yes, this is, I had to alter the order of the show today because this really had me furious. And I do these intros, uh, kind of uh, teases for the show on my parlor account at DeBongino every morning. And I'm like, I'm turning the show upside down because this is infuriating. You know, a couple of years back, I was living in my other house there. And I saw this Verizon ad and it featured a Hollywood actor who had recently been on the wrong side of, I mean, just saying some really supporting some horrible things that were said about policing. And I thought that's interesting. Verizon, a huge company, you'd think like they would run away from controversy, right? Oh my gosh, we don't want that. We're trying to appeal to a broad base of customers. We don't want to put people out there who are polarizing, but nothing happened whatsoever. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nadissimo. Nothing. Now we have this. Look at this Daily Mail story. Nick Cannon. You, you, you know who Nick Cannon is? He, he, Nick Cannon is. He used to be on America's Got Talent. He was the uh, in the role now as the great Terry Crews. It used to be the dreadful Nick Cannon. So N- Nick Cannon, who is um, 
he's an entertainer and a celebrity in every respect. I think he does a whole bunch of different stuff. Nick Cannon apologizes for being anti-Semitic, but not for calling white people, this is a quote, evil rapists and savages. As the, Here's the rest of the headline. The Daily Mail is the longest headlines ever. As black stars back him and Charlemagne, I'm not calling this guy that he calls himself Charlemagne the God. He's Charlemagne, okay? I, forgive me. And Charlemagne says Viacom CBS firing him proves that, quote, Jews have the power. Wow, dude. Hmm. Those are quotes, by the way, not mop. Those are quotes, you know, I know liberals again, tough time with facts and those are quotes, meaning those are words actually said, spoken verbatim by Nick Cannon and Charlemagne, who says that because Nick Cannon was uh, let go by Viacom for calling white people what, savage, savages? Yeah, white like that. people savages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. Um, that that proves that Jews have the power. Okay, uh, let's go on a little more about what Nick Cannon said. And keep in mind, nothing serious is ever going to happen. They're not going to be deplatformed. They'll be accepted in circles and Hollywood celebrity circles. Just remember, if you're a leftist, you can say whatever you want. Cops are pigs, Jews have the power, white people are savages. It doesn't matter because you're a leftist and none of this is about protecting minorities, judging people by who they are, not their religion. This has nothing to do with that. Nothing. This has everything to do with obtaining and keeping political power and crushing your political opposition. And if they see you as a useful tool, like a celebrity with a big following, you will rapidly be forgiven by the clowns in the media, the elitist snobs, and the academic elitist losers who tell you we're really in it for the cause. Your cause is power. Your cause has nothing to do with protecting black voters, Hispanic voters, black citizens, people from foreign countries, immigrants, um, people who are Muslim, Jewish. That's nothing to do with any of that. You don't care. This man would be, if that was actually true, removed from polite society tomorrow, meaning not accepted anywhere in public circles. Nothing is going to happen to Nick Cannon of any significance whatsoever in the long run because they don't care. Let's go to the piece. In case you think I'm making any of this up, despite the fallout from Nick Cannon calling white people savages, a number of celebrities, and this is not a joke, this is a real quote from the Daily Mail, a number of celebrities have voiced their support for the TV producer on social media. Wait, Joe, clearly I'm reading that wrong. Yeah. A number of celebrities have boycotted their support. No, 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 have voiced their support for the TV producer, mm. including P. Diddy, who used to be Puff Daddy, who somehow thought P. Diddy was a better name, and former NBA star Dwayne Wade. Diddy, real name Sean Combs, offered Canada spot on his TV network on Wednesday, inviting him to, quote, come home to a truly black-owned media company. We're doing what we're doing, segregation. Is that what we're doing now? The black-owned, well, that's just what we're doing now? We're, we're, we're segregating things by race? I'm just, I'm just asking, folks. I'm just asking questions. I thought that was wrong. Oh, it goes on. I see you over there. The only way we can change the narrative, educate and uplift each other, is if we do it together, Nick, my brother. This is Diddy or Daddy or whatever. I'm here to support you fully in any way you need. 
What we are not going to do is turn our backs on our brothers and sisters when they challenge the system, Combs said in an Instagram, in an Instagram post. Oh, my gosh. This is real. This is real. These are the except. You understand these people are morons, right? I'm not kidding. Listen, I, I can I, again, point a personal privilege on the show here, if I may. In my prior line of work, which I really am getting tired of it, but it's important. A lot of times, especially when I was working with the Clintons, not so much with Republicans, but with Democrats like the Clintons when I was a, a Secret Service agent uh, supporting their details, especially Mrs. Clinton when she was running for Senate in New York in 1999-2000. We would be around celebrities a lot because that's who they hang around with. I'm not stereotyping everyone. There's some very smart celebrities out there on the right and on the left. I'm just telling you my experiences. I gave you my experiences with the media last week and the press plane and what they do. These deranged, uh, I mean, lunatics on the press plane. These are the people telling you the truth and the facts, the media people. Some of the stuff I saw, you know, you, 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 you know, when you, when you hear about the, what they do behind closed doors, you'd be, re, you revolt in horror. Celebrities are some of the dumbest people on the planet. Some of the questions you would get to them. One, I'm not going to say who, because it would be unfair. But I, you get things like this all the time. Like I, This one may be minor, but it just made me laugh so much. I was sitting there at the U.S. Open, the tennis tournament. I was a, an agent. And uh, I, I forget who I was there with, Condi Rice or Hillary Clinton. I forget who it was at the time. But a celebrity sat next to me, and I was listening to his conversation. And it was, what? You know the story? She knows. It was at the level of probably a, a fourth grader, the conversation. I'm not kidding. This is a celebrity hates Trump, by the way. <laughs> and he looked at my watch and said, um, hey, man, is that one of those Monandos? I was like, Monando? What the hell is a Monando? Like an Italian ice company? A Mon you mean a Movado? Like, okay, you may be, all right, I get it. Like, uh, maybe I'm day class A, I don't know, but I don't know what a Monando is. Is that like a real company? I have no idea. These, and then I, I remember going to a party in the Hamptons. Not for me, I was working as an agent because Clinton was going there, Bill Clinton. Oh. And there were a number of other celebrities. Again, I'll leave them out of this. And they were talking to me and asking me questions. I swear it was like, is this for real? Is this person not understanding what I'm saying or are they genuinely this stupid? This is what you're dealing with. Racist, bigoted, anti-Semitic, openly, openly anti-Semitic. The Jews have the power. What? We're, we're, we're doing, uh, what, Star Wars-like conspiracy theories now? White people are savages. These are real quotes from people who get backup from other people who I'm telling you in the long run, nothing will happen because this is not about combating racism or anything like that. It is to us. It's not to them. It's about political power. And these people doing this, saying these abhorrent, grotesque things are useful to the left. So in the long run, they'll make it all go away like they always do. It's disgusting. All right, moving on. Finally, finally, a governor with some guts. I'm loving this guy more and more by, uh, by the day, by the way. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp makes, I think, his first appearance on the show here. We, I love this guy. So Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, with cojones made of pure 100% titanium, unadulterated by any other minerals or metals or cheaper metals. Titanium, titanium. You kicked him, your ankle hurts, not him. 
Georgia Governor Brian Kemp banned cities and counties from mandating masks. Nice. As I said, and I will say again, I'm not anti-mask. If it makes you comfortable to wear one, go right ahead. I'm not a tyrant like the left. I'm not here to make fun of you or insult you. I have read the data. Masks don't do anything. Uh, if you are not sick, they do, and they can help in a limited fashion. If you are sick and sneezing, they can help and prevent you from contaminating others. In case you haven't noticed, though, the research on the masks, which is everywhere, by the way, including the WHO, which Joe uh, Biden loves and we can't stand, themselves did a meta-analysis on masks and couldn't find basically any research showing that they're effective in combating respiratory diseases. But if you want to wear one, go right ahead. If you're a business who wants people to wear one, that's your call. I understand. I will, of course, don one if that's what you want in your business. I just don't want government telling us what to do. And as someone said to me the other day, um, a healthcare professional emailed me, you know, it's fascinating and people really believe masks work. How do you think you're breathing in the mask? The air is taking the path of least resistance around. Well, it stops the droplets. Uh, not all of them, folks. The evidence is actually very limited. They do anything at all. So um, good for Governor Brian Kemp. He's done a couple of things. And I this guy, much respect, much respect. One, for respecting individual liberty and adults to make their own adult decisions about the mask. But secondly, for opening up early because lockdowns don't matter. Dan, you can't say that. Lockdowns definitely work. We know that there's science behind. There is. Where's that? Again, are we allowed to ask questions anymore? Are we, are we doing that? Are we asking questions? Or is the liberal media controlling the narrative so much that if we ask questions, we're the ones who get uh, boycotted and, and, and removed from public life? You know, if you, again, if you're a liberal, you can say things like, you know, Jews have the power and it's say, okay, you'll be fine. But if you're a conservative and you dare to ask a question, like, is there any actual research just checking that masks work? Um, no, but if you ask that, you're definitely a racist. Oh, I, uh, what? This is what passes for common sense, he says. Let's go to this article at FEE.org. Why Sweden succeeded in flattening the curve and New York failed. The reason New York failed to flatten the curve and Sweden succeeded probably has little to do with lockdowns. Now, of course, you have people like um, the dreadful governor of California, a total failure in every respect. I'm just an abomination, a man destroying uh, one of the greatest states in the union. Uh, people vote these uh, the, the, these just uh, morons in, and I just don't get it. I mean, he's actually decimating and destroying your state by the minute. How does that make you feel? If you're a citizen of New York or California, knowing you voted these people in and they're destroying your lives, does that make you feel good? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just checking. So let's look at some evidence here. So I read this piece, which is in the show notes. I strongly encourage you to read it because some of you still believe like economic lockdowns have any effect whatsoever on the spread of this uh, virus, coronavirus, the Wuhan virus from China. Some of you still believe that for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. There's no evidence at all out there. Again, just like the evidence on masks, is a counter, they're counterproductive in many cases. Let's go to a screenshot from this piece. Check out my show notes, by the way, bongito.com slash newsletter if you want to check it out because we're doing facts here. It says, hey, if flattening the curve was the primary goal of policymakers, you know, flattening the curve, keeping the fatality count low, but more spread out over time, that way hospitals weren't overwhelmed, then Sweden was largely a success. And New York, despite widespread closures and strict enforcement of social distancing policies, New York was not a success. 
The reason New York failed and Sweden succeeded probably has relatively uh, little to do with the fact that bars and restaurants were open in Sweden. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, Sweden maintained a relatively light touch approach to lockdowns. They let their economy, relatively speaking, stay open. New York locked everything down. New York had a massive fatality count and Sweden did not. As Weiss explains, the difference probably isn't related to lockdowns at all. It probably has much more to do with the fact that New York failed to protect the most at-risk populations, the elderly and infirmed. Oh. Here's the money quote, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the good news. You can shut down businesses or keep them open, close schools or stay in session, wear masks or not, says Weiss, a graduate of Harvard Business School. The virus will make its way through in either case. And if we protect the elderly, then deaths will be spared. You don't believe me? You don't think I'm kidding? Sweden, which maintained, again, a relatively light touch and did not shut their country down. You want to see the body count in New York, which which did, uh, uh, you know, government enforced lockdowns, basically shut down their whole state. You want to show how useless they were? Look at this chart. If you want to check it out, go to youtube.com slash Bongino. I'll explain it to you, though. Here it is from Yanon Weiss's Twitter feed. Uh, here, let me just explain it to you. Here's a, a big, huge crest in deaths in New York and a relatively flat curve in, tw- in Sweden. You can see it right there. Come back to me. I'll, I'll explain. So here, here's New York up really high. Let me, let's envision this, folks. For those of you listening on audio only, we have a massive mountain in New York of fatalities and we have a small little rolling hill in Sweden. Mountain, New York, small rolling hill in Sweden. Now, some will come back and say, well, Sweden compared to Belgium had a higher fatality rate. Okay, fair. It also had a lower fatality rate than other European countries as well. So it's interesting how you only compare Sweden to some countries and cherry pick your data to make it look like their non-lockdown policy was an abomination. But when you compare it to a place that actually locked down like New York, all of a sudden you don't want to you don't want to discuss that data at all. Again, that's not science. That's your opinion. That's your bias, your affirmation bias, where you've pre-concluded what you think is your conclusion was drawn before you even looked at the data. Folks, we're getting to a dangerous place here. I'm telling you, we are in a post-science world where, ironically, liberals have hijacked the word science when they're really talking about propaganda. Let me get to one more article. I got a lot to get to today as well. The chaos in New York, a video is going to just blow your mind. I can't believe this stuff is happening. But Washington Examiner, again, the power of freedom and liberty. Private religious schools are more likely than public schools to reopen in the fall by Nicholas Rowan, the Washington Examiner. Article will be up at the show notes. Why do you think that is? Why do you think private schools are opening up while public schools, many of them are locking down? Well, maybe because parents in private schools choose to send their kids there. And if those schools then choose to not open, those parents may choose not to pay. Crazy, Joe. School choice, markets, capitalism, freedom, liberty, you know, Mm. crazy ideas like that. Private schools opening. So I have a suggestion. And hopefully I'll get this story later about the dreadful teachers union in Los Angeles, which doesn't give a damn about the kids at all. Please, can we stop that for a minute? Not knocking you teachers out there. Don't dare misconstrue what I'm saying. The teachers unions out there pushing for these lockdowns. We want more money, more money. 
It's probably the largest line item of every local budget right now. You need more money. Not about the kids. You want to, so just to be clear, everybody wants to defund the police that are on the front lines dealing with COVID patients in the street every single day, along with rampant criminality in big cities. Defund them, but let's fund schools that aren't even open. That makes sense to you. I'm just checking. Again, we're just asking questions. That makes sense to you? If it does, you're most likely a liberal. Of course, private religious schools will open because if they don't, they won't get paid. But again, teachers unions, don't open those schools. We're good. Leave your kids at home. We're A-OK. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, let me get to uh, my second sponsor. I'm going to get to the, this New York Post piece because, ladies and gentlemen, they're not peaceful protesters, OK? Can we stop this nonsense? If you get hit with a bat and they open your skull up, uh, I don't know in what dictionary or thesaurus you found the word peaceful next to that, OK? Uh, maybe I'm missing something here. All right, today's show also brought to you by our good friends at Tommy John. You want to know the secret to staying sweat-free this summer? I recommend Tommy John's ultra-breathable underwear and bras. They have a range of summer-ready, breathable options, but their cool cotton underwear for men and women is like having your own on-body AC. I love Tommy John. I've been wearing Tommy John way before they were a sponsor. That's a fact. Yes, have the TJs on now. What do you mean? No. Yes, they're on right now. <laughs> Tommy John's cool cotton is made from premium, natural Pima cotton for enhanced airflow. Evaporate sweat super fast, keeping you drier, cooler, and more comfortable than regular cotton. Want to add some chill to your cheeks when summer heats up? Choose Tommy John cool cotton underwear. The best, invaluable down here in Florida, if you know what I mean. All of Tommy John's layers are built for next level comfort. These are the best underwear on the market. You're going to want to wear them all the time. It's the only downside. They keep going to the top of your drawer every time you wash them. You're on the hunt for lounge pants, lazy day joggers, or softest Zoom ready tees and polos, the softest you've ever worn. Tommy John has you covered. Upgrade to Tommy John today with enhanced designs that are super breathable and way more comfortable than anything else out there. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you get a full refund with the best pair you'll ever wear. It's free guaranteed. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. You don't see me adjusting on the show, right? I don't need to. For a limited time, go to TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Get 20% off your first order. They have great products for women too. TommyJohn.com slash Dan, 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Go today. Okay, thanks, Tommy John, for being here. We appreciate it. Folks, New York is collapsing in front of our very eyes. The world's greatest city. I grew up there. My heart will always be in the Big Apple. It is a damn shame to watch this city descend into chaos. And not only descend into chaos, but descend into chaos so rapidly. Look at this article at the New York Post. You know, the dirty little secret of criminology that people who've studied this know is that a very small portion of the population commits an overwhelming percentage of the crime. You know, the, the old 80-20 rule? You know, 20% of people commit 80% of the crimes? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That 80-20 rule works in criminology too. Video shows protesters get shipment of bats before Brooklyn Bridge Brawl. Now, what's even more interesting about this New York Post article, this again shows the media, they can't stop lying to you. Schools, coronavirus, lockdowns, it doesn't matter. If you are watching these imbeciles in the media, you are getting your bizarro Superman land coverage of things that are not, you know, bizarro Superman, everything's upside down. It's the Seinfeld episode where he does everything wrong. That's the media. Joe, largely peaceful protest. Well, there actually was a peaceful protest going on. Mm. It was a unity rally. 
where community affairs officers from the NYPD, Joe, were marching with people from the community for actual peace. Mm -hmm. The very definition of a peaceful protest. Walk arm in arm. Call for peace. Peace. I mean, I mean, liberals, I don't know if liberals know what peace means anymore. The absence of violence. I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than uh, using negation. From the New York Post piece. This is fascinating. The other, you know, as they describe BLM and Antifa, largely peaceful as they're burning down buildings and attacking people. This is fascinating. They got a delivery of baseball bats beforehand in a vehicle. Baseball bats. You know, but folks, they weren't playing T-ball. No. Um, this was not the uh, Port St. Lucie Mets. They weren't taking batting practice. They got deliveries of baseball bats in a car because they were taking batting practice on people's bodies. What did I tell you about the radical left? They always need their shock troops on the front line. And the reason they need the shock troops is to scare you into silence because the radical left doesn't want resistance, any resistance. They don't want counter protests. They want you in fear. That's what big government fascist tyrants do. They need a fearful populace that will shut their mouth, stay in their house, and then you need shock troops to do that. The reason the left wants to defund the police is because the police are going to get in their way and they're going to attack them now too. Play the video. There's no sound to this, but there's a, you may have missed this, but here's a video of the Brooklyn Bridge. Meanwhile, keep in mind, this is a protest where cops were marching with community members, with community members for peace. They were then attacked by activists who, you know, again, largely peaceful. And here's a video of, yes, a guy bashing the NYPD police chief on the head, opening his skull up with a cane. Again, largely peaceful protest. Now, this is, again, this is the Orwellian, bizarro world, Seinfeld, George Costanza doing everything backwards episode we live in. We're in actual peaceful protests of cops and civilians walking across the bridge, marching for actual peace, is attacked by a bunch of radical maniacs who get a delivery of baseball bats and proceed to bash the police chief in the skull. And yet the liberal media will continue to paint the liberal radical activists as peaceful protests and the cops as the enemy. They need the shock troops. The why matters. I haven't said that in a while. And one of the things I enjoy doing on the show is not just showing you the footage, but the why. You know, why do they want lockdowns, the media? They want lockdowns because they know it'll damage Trump because Trump's going to run on the economy. It's nothing to do with science. There's no science these lockdowns do anything for the coronavirus uh, mitigation measures at all. Why do they support, support violent, openly violent shock troops on the front line? Because they intimidate opposition from gathering, protesting themselves and getting out their political message. It's no more complicated than that. Now, again, showing you how the media will spin, and this is great. This is, uh, was this great? Oh, no, this is Free Beacon. The Washington Free Beacon put together a great montage, hat tip to them. We're going to play it now. It's about a minute long. I want you to pay attention. This is important. Understand the why. Again, why they claim these are peaceful protests by liberal activists that are not. They need the shock troops out there and they don't want public opposition against the shock troops. So despite the fact that the public is viewing videos every day of Antifa, some BLM activists and radical leftists beating the snot out of people, they can't have that narrative that they're the violent ones because sane American citizens don't like violence. So they say what? Largely peaceful protests. 
but they can't can find no evidence of conservative rallies, violence at conservative rallies. And don't you dare, by the way, talk about that at Charlottesville. That that uh, that guy down there. That don't even. That's not that. No, 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 no. That's not our. I no, 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 no. We're not going to fall for that one bit. You can't find any evidence of conservatives at all engaged in violence at any rallies. So here's the media gaslighting you again. So remember, everything with the, when it talks to, when it comes to discussing Trump and the right is going to be about wars, violent overtones. Here is a montage of the media with Trump's various quote wars, even though he's the one calling for law and order and peace in the streets. It's been going on forever. Check this out. Donald Trump's war on elements of his own government. Trump's war on absentee ballots. Trump's war on Fauci. President Trump's war on face masks. Trump's war on world order. Donald Trump's war on women. Trump's war on science. Trump's war on children. President Trump's war on the truth. Trump's war on reality. Trump's war on institutions. Trump's war on his own executive branch. Donald Trump's war on the FBI. Donald Trump's war on the FBI. Trump's war on Jeff Sessions. President Trump's war on Obamacare. Donald Trump's war on law enforcement. Trump's war on China. Trump's war on the whistleblower. Trump's war on the Freedom Caucus. President Trump's war on the NFL. Trump's war on Amazon. Trump's war on trade. Donald Trump's war on intel. Trump's war on the intelligence community. Trump's war on intelligence. Donald Trump's war on immigrants. Trump's war on immigrant labor. President Trump's war on the press. President Trump's unprecedented first year war on the media. Trump's war on the media. War on the media. War on the press. War on the media. Trump's war on the media. Coming up in our next hour, Trump's war on the media continues. Donald Trump's war on justice. Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Trump's war on the justice system. President Trump's war on Christmas. You think that's a mistake? No, <laughs> these persistent, never-ending analogies to violence when it comes to conservatives like Donald Trump. Because mm. Joe just said, of course, no, of course it isn't, ladies and gentlemen. It's again meant to paint a complicated mosaic. You have a hard time kind of seeing the picture unless you back away. It's meant to confuse you. The left aren't the violent ones. It's the right. It's these mm -hmm. violent conservatives. Do you have actual evidence of that anywhere? Conservatives engaging in mass violence at rallies? Do you have any evidence of that at all? No, no, we don't. Okay, thank you. Of course you don't. It's the radical leftist. But everything is flipped. The script is flipped. It's this Costanza episode. Everything is upside down. By the way, one interesting side note to the star star. I don't mean to be uh, out of order or disjointed with the show anyway. But Nick Cannon, who I discussed in the beginning of the show for his openly anti-Semitic racist comments, has issued some kind of a Twitter apology, you know, claiming I, you know, spoke, you know, I spoke out of turn. Um, again, I thought there'll be no long-term consequences for these people at all. Dwayne Wade as well put out some Twitter apology, the NBA, former NBA star. I didn't realize I was, you know, backing these comments. I'm not. I'm walking away from the Indians. Nothing will happen then. But remember, if you're a conservative, and they discover something you said when you were six years old mm -hmm. at a uh, pick and paint party somewhere, and it's on video. You are not allowed to apologize for that. Just remember, again, because the rules aren't the rules. The, there's no rules at all. The rules are power, power, raw, naked power. How do we get it? Who's useful for obtaining it? And when celebrities are useful, they will always be forgiven. When conservatives need to be politically disposed of, they will be damaged for what they said when they were six at the pick and paint party. Ridiculous.
By the way, nice job with the free beacon on that montage. Trump war, war is mm. not everything. War is not everything. They don't talk about the liberal war on like people, actual people, like bashing them and you know the head with stuff, as you can see in that video there. You know what? I'm I'm glad that you're taking the time to explain this, what this war thing means, how it's done subtly and long term, because you know, I don't think people understand it. And I'm glad you were saying what you said. Nice job. No, and it, it the damage is, you know, is that it works. I mean, folks, yeah, listen, I, and Joe, you you probably understand this as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. People are subs- are very susceptible. This even the smart uh, the, uh, the smartest one, me, folks, me too. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I'm, I'm not I'm not excluding myself from this right. at all. Like, gosh, I'm so highbrow with the- people are very susceptible to the influence of narratives over time. Amen. You immerse people in a I mean, what's the line? You know, by famous line by you know fascist tyrants all over the world. You know, you repeat a lie often enough, and it becomes the truth. It's very difficult to escape it when you hear it all the time. Think about the way they discuss conservatives all the time, violent, warlike analogies. Yet when they discuss liberals, it's a peaceful protest. Wait, there's a guy bashing a guy in the head with a cane. Remember the Ali Velshi from MSNBC, the buildings burning down behind them? I'm having a hard time describing this anything other as a peaceful protest. There's a building burning down. It all it sets in. And that's why, if I may, one more thing, and I'm glad you brought this up. I don't mean to get distracted here, but this is important. When I ran in Maryland, for the U.S. Senate, and I knocked on the doors in largely black communities. It, what I found fascinating in Prince George's County, which is the wealthiest, largely minority community, one of them in the United States, black families, doctors, architects, pilots. What I found fascinating is many of them were registered Democrats. I know because you can tell them, you can't tell how they vote. It's a secret ballot, but you can tell how they're registered. I would knock on the door. I'd knock on doors anyway. I didn't care, Democrat or Republican. It was a statewide election. I had won the primary. I wanted to talk to people. And what I was stunned is, as I got into conversations with them, if they didn't ask me my party affiliation, they would typically talk to me, a lot of the voters. Some wouldn't the minute I said I was a Republican. But the more I talked, I could not believe, I'm not kidding, how conservative they were. Social issues, religious Uh issues, abortion, firearm rights, the economy. And I'd say at the end, I don't understand why you're a Democrat. I mean, I'm really, I'm perplexed. I mean, vote for me or not, I'm genuinely confused why you're, nothing you're saying is a staple of Democrat Party principles. And I would get the same answer almost every time. Well, you know, Republicans just don't like us. And I'd be like, who told you that? I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm here now. Like, no, Republic, no, no Democrats knocking on your door. I'm here. If I didn't like you, why would I be here? That is the goal of long-term activist media narratives where they subtly... Every single day, wear away your ability to reason until you actually believe this stuff. And you see it again with the framing of this incident with Nick Cannon, with the framing of the coronavirus. Of nothing, none of this is based in science. The framing of Nick, oh, listen, he's apologetic. All right, I'm, I, don't, I have no problem with redemption. Christ forgave a murderer on the cross but minutes before death. But that rule doesn't apply to conservatives. Thanks, it's bro. A damn shame. And no, no. And maybe that interesting segue. Maybe that's why I have this next story from the Washington Times about are there pockets of air quote secret Trump voters out there we don't know about? You know, I'm skeptical oh, of the polls. Oh, 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 I want to be clear. Oh. I don't write the polls off. I don't. I don't write. I never write polls. Polls are data points like anything else. Give me data. I believe in science and facts. I just want to see the data and want to see if the data is accurate. 
Interesting story in the Washington Times you really should read. Again, in the show notes, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Uh, you can subscribe to the show notes for free. We'll send them to you every day. Washington Times. Poll shows Biden leading in Pennsylvania, but finds widespread suspicion of, quote, secret Trump voters. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been suspicious about this for a really long time. Quick backstory. I was in the gym a little while ago, and I was talking to a guy who is a very, very active Republican. And he was talking to me about the polls. And he said, you know, I get these calls all the time on my landline from pollsters. And I tell them I'm supporting. And I forget, this is way before the, this is before Biden, Biden I think, had even announced. He's supporting the Democrat. But he lied to him. Whether you do that or not, it's up to you. I'm not judging the guy. But he seemed to think and was under the impression that if he told, gave pollsters misinformation, it would benefit Trump. I, I don't think that's necessarily true, but. Paula, remember me telling the story? I think I told you on the story. I think I told the story to Joe too on the show. I was surprised because he, a lot of Trump voters, I think, are really convinced that they give pollsters inaccurate information that they'll somehow benefit. It may, may not. I don't, I don't know. I'm not judging you for it. But from the Washington Times piece, this is fascinating. They did a survey and 57% of registered voters believe that there are a number of so-called secret voters in their community <laughs> who support Trump but won't tell anyone. Here's what's interesting, though. Less than half that number, 27% believe there are secret voters for Mr. Biden. Folks, do not gaff this off. Again, I'm not dismissing polls. I'm not going to tell you, ignore all the polls. We're going to win in a landslide. I don't think that benefits us either. Polls are data points. Take them in, digest them, but take them in with a grain of salt and be skeptical. Skepticism matters. It's the very essence of science. But don't you find it fascinating that when you actually ask people in the community, if they believe, hey, are there a bunch of people out here who are going to vote for Trump but are probably not telling anyone, that nearly 60% of people talking about Trump say yes, but only 27% about Biden. Why do you think that is? Folks, in this show, we like to weave stories together. I constantly go back to what I said. I tell you what I'm going to tell you. I tell you, and then I tell you what I told you. It's the best way to learn things, right? For me, too. What I tell you in the beginning, it's acceptable amongst the Hollywood elitists, the media elitists, academics, sports celebrities, what we would call pop culture, people who have influence. It's acceptable in many cases, sadly to them, to say openly racist, bigoted, and in the case of the story I opened up with, anti-Semitic things, as long as you come out with a mea culpa a few days later and then everything's a okay it's acceptable if you're a liberal. Because if you're a liberal, just like a lot of the black voters I spoke to when they knocked on the door, if you vote for them, it's assumed you're a good guy and the Republicans are the ones coming after people. So even if you screw up and say bad things, you have a higher moral standing in society because you're on the right side of it. You're not on the right side of it, but you're on the right side of it because pop culture, the media, academics, sports figures, and entertainment figures have told you you're on the right side of it. None of that's actually true. It's like telling you two plus two equals 76 and you believe even though you know it's not true because the media said it, they put a story out about it. Now does it make sense why people, when asked by pollsters and others who they're voting for, may say something like, um, I don't know, I'm considering Biden, maybe third party. Meanwhile, in their head, they're fully committed to President Trump. Because why? The media and those other groups I told you about have all of the other neighbors believing, God forbid, you're a Republican. You're the one that hates people, despite the fact there's no evidence that it's the liberals doing that. And you don't want to be judged by your neighbor and you just don't, you, you know what I'm saying? You're, 
You're taking out your garbage and you don't have time for a big argument? Hey, neighbor. Joey bag of donuts. Hey, Joey. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm just checking. Who are you voting for in the election? You think the guy has any time to be called a racist by his neighbor? The neighbor doesn't know anything. Often. The neighbor, not my neighbors are smart, but they are. They're good. But neighbors, bloody neighbors, they don't know anything. They've heard on the media, Republicans don't like uh, blacks, Hispanics, immigrants, or anything else. They're all false, of course. But they believe it because everybody's told them that. So who are you voting for? I don't know, neighbor. I'm considering Joe Biden. And his head, he's like, I ain't considering Joe Biden. I'm voting Donald Trump. He just doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want to deal with the neighbor in his lecture. Does that make sense? Bingo. Do you think this is an error in this Washington Times? It's not an error. The reason people know of a neighbor or someone else who's voting Trump and not saying is because they know the person and the person's probably told them that. So, you know, you suspect your neighbor while you're taking out the garbage as a Biden guy. You don't want to get in an argument with him. Yeah, yeah, I may be voting for Biden. He's great, <laughs> whatever. But then you go out to dinner with your conservative friends who actually believe in big art, God-given rights and judging people by their character. And you tell them, hey, the neighbor asked me who I was voting for. I didn't want to get him an argument with him. So I just told him Biden. That's why people are answering this in polls, because they've been told this story by neighbors who are keeping their vote quiet because they don't want to be called a lunatic, an imbecile, or a white supremacist by deranged maniacs in the media who live in George Costanza world from the Seinfeld episode. Listen, I'm, like I said, I'm out of the predictions business, or I'm trying to because it's useless and it doesn't matter. If I tell you Trump's going to win, I'm afraid it's going to breed apathy. If I tell you Trump's going to lose, I'm afraid it's going to breed a lot of emails where people are like, why are you saying he's going to lose? I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking a stance on this. I support him. I think he's, I, I think there's a good chance he could win. But I'm telling you, take these polls with a healthy degree, a grain of salt this big and skepticism. Because I believe it's true that a lot of these people are saying, yeah, 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 I'll vote for uh, Biden and don't really mean it. All right, I want to get to this next clip. Let me get my final spot. This is, you want to talk about peak media stupidity. Katie Turr from MSNBC as, is just a walking gaff machine. I'm going to get to that in a minute. And I'm going to show you. She had this segment on with Tim Murtaugh from the Trump campaign that was so absurd. I had to laugh while doing it. Before we get to that, my last sponsor, our good friends at ExpressVPN. You hear me opening up the show every day with ExpressVPN. I want to talk about internet freedom today. Social media companies, they get to decide what content is suitable for the sensitive snowflakes among us, right? It's a shame. And they censor what they don't like. Shouldn't you be the one to decide what you want to read or watch, not them? Well, here's one thing you can control. Their access to your data. That's right. That's why we use here. I open up my show pretty much every day with them. We use ExpressVPN. I use their VPNs. I use their routers, everything. I do not want the government. I do not want companies. I don't want people trading in my data. Not happening. See, the problem with big tech is that they not only censor what you read, but they track what you do online. Do you know that? They track what you're searching for and the videos you watch and everything you click. You know it. You go on uh, Facebook or whatever, and all of a sudden, it's like you talked about something an hour ago, and there it is. There's an ad. They use this data to serve you ads, and they can match your activity to offline identity, your offline identity using your device's unique IP address. No good. We use ExpressVPN. These tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server that's the best in the business. Plus, ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. Does that sound complicated? 
It shouldn't because it isn't. I promise ExpressVPN software takes just a minute to set up on your computer or phone. It's a one tap button and you are protected. Don't give these tech companies a license to know everything about you and then sell it. It's time to take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go to my special link. Get an extra three months of service free. Who doesn't like to save money? Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your data, as I always say, from prying eyes. Do it today. expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right. Thanks, ExpressVPN, for being a part of the show. We appreciate that. So um, Katie Turr, who I, you know, Joe, I may have to um, change and alter my top 10 dumbest people in media chart because Katie Turr is rapidly creeping up the chart. <laughs> you know, Brian Stelter's been number one for a long yeah. time. Chuck Todd's a solid number two. He was number yeah. one for, I think, a week. Yep, yep. Cuomo, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon are probably three and four. They changed spots a lot. Katie Turr may be number five. So she was on yesterday with Tim Murtaugh from the Trump campaign, and she's trying again. Again, this is this is supposed to be a media personality. Um, she's not. She's trying to, again, make the case somehow that this virus discriminates between left-leaning protests and Trump rallies, that somehow the virus knows the difference. Instead of just saying, maybe it's not a good idea to cram yourself into tight spaces, inside, outside, she doesn't want to say that because she's a hack. So she gets on with Tim Murtaugh. She lectures him. And I want you to, this is great. Watch how Tim Murtaugh from the Trump campaign, watch at the end how he fires back at her, just this subtle kind of sarcastic way. It's really good. Check this out. The president is the only one having indoor rallies uh, or events of that scale in the entire country. Again, the protests were outdoors. All of the, the doctors and health experts say that that is a safer place to hold them. I attended a number of those rallies. Everybody was wearing a mask, hand sanitizer so, uh, so was handed I, out. I, I, and we just saw the images of those rallies. People were not wearing masks inside the president's rally. There was not social distancing uh, being practiced. We saw the signs being removed uh, from seats. You so you can say you handed out hand sanitizer an and gave out masks. They, they weren't wearing them. And also, Dr. Fauci today has said that uh, the incubation period for this disease could be longer uh, than, than just two weeks. So, uh, Tim Murtaugh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate all of your time. I appreciate Chuck, over that to you. speech, Katie. Thank you. I appreciate that speech, Katie. Thank you. Uh, Katie Tarr, who I'm not kidding, is one of the silliest, dopiest people in media. They're, liberal mayors are now acknowledging that these outdoor protests were hilariously, Joe, everybody there was using sanitizer and wearing that. They were. What? What? In between burning the buildings down? What are you talking about? The liberal mayors are acknowledging. And by the way, even the ones that didn't result in riots. That stayed, some of them did, largely peaceful. Some of them did. There is no evidence everyone there was wearing masks and using sanitizer. Some may have. I saw the videos too. What is she talking about? These liberal mayors themselves are acknowledging that these protests resulted in probably widespread transmission of this virus. What kind of dopey, silly, even Chuck Todd, the second dumbest guy in media, is sitting there like, yeah. uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? I get this. This is not a smart person. Now, just to show you some, here's a Katie Turk classic. She's on with, I believe it's Philip Bump, another genius uh, from the Washington Post. But he has to correct her on this because Katie Turk apparently is unaware that in uh, United States Senate races where everyone in the state, 
eligible to vote can vote. Therefore, there's no gerrymandering. You can't cut up a state. Katie wasn't aware of that. So she's wondering how gerrymandering. Please don't send me an email, by the way. It's gerrymandering. I know, Eldridge. I know, I know. Please don't. It, no email. I love my audience, but no email. I know what it's called. People just say gerrymandering. I know. I get it. But here's Katie Couture, who seems to think you can uh, gerrymander an entire state. Check this out. So um, what is the what's the resolution to that? Is is gerrymandering something that would help um, improve the situation is how does how does that sort of divide promote consensus in the Senate or even in the House? Well, I mean, they're, they're the only resolution. Gerrymanders not going to do anything because in the Senate we're talking about states, right? Yeah. So you can't gerrymander states. The only solution is for Democrats to appeal to voters in those states, right? This is the genius who thinks that the virus doesn't affect people at liberal activist rallies. She's wondering how gerrymandering is going to affect the state election. Nice job, Katie. By the way, if you Google Katie Tour gaffes, you can just scroll through the pages where she didn't understand how taxation worked. Uh, But again, MSNBC will celebrate her double-digit IQ and put her out there as she uh, lectures Tim Murtaugh, who uh, is probably sitting there going, why did I do an interview uh, with this silly person right here? Unreal. All right, you see this story? Legal insurrection, be up in the show notes today. So again, we're back to dividing people up uh, by race and color and creed, but not us. No, no, not no, not us. Not conservatives, libertarians, Republicans, and Democrats who believe in things like the Constitution and big R, God-given rights. We're not doing any of that. But let's let me read this headline. This is by the great Kimberly Kay at Legal Insurrection. So who said this? Signs of whiteness are rugged individualism, the nuclear family, scientific method, and work ethic? Uh, what? Um, that would be the National Museum of African American History and Culture, who, in case you missed it, put up a handy chart, too, to show you the characteristics of whiteness. Uh, this is not a joke. You know, white culture, the holidays, competitiveness, these are work ethic. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living through peak stupid. This is the National Museum of African American History and Culture telling people out there that if you're competitive, what you believe in science, any of these things, that those are characteristics of whiteness? Now, you may ask yourself again why these liberal far-left organizations, by the way, they get, I believe they get some taxpayer money through the whole Smithsonian network there. Why are they doing this? Why are they obsessed with moving back towards segregation, separating people into white and black and Jew and Muslim and woman and man and union and non-union? Why are they doing this? Well, I've explained this multiple times and you need to embrace it because if you don't understand the why, nothing else matters. They do it because liberals, radical leftists, they can't run on things and gain political power by being open and honest about what they want because what they want is ridiculously unpopular. 
Well, what do they want? They want your money through high taxes. They want to control your kid's education through failing, in many cases, crappy public schools. They want to control your health care by making you go through a government bureaucrat to seek permission to stay alive or have your, crack, your chest cracked open if you're having a heart attack. They want control and they want power. They know that's not popular, but why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, human beings will always, as a reflection of our God-given just desire for liberty and freedom, will always seek to be free from control of others. They will. But the left knows that. So they can never get you to vote for them if they're honest about what they want. So what they do is they embrace identity politics. Here are the characteristics of whiteness. The Jews have the power. White people are savages. All of this stuff they want to do. They want to make sure that they, your allegiance is to a class or group they have set up for you. Don't let me lose you because this is an important point. Mm -hmm. And I really need you to embrace this. The left does not want you to identify with things that would give you objective values. Objective values free from their influence, God, family. So they don't want you to identify as a mother, a Christian, anything like that. They want you to identify with a category they can tell you the Republicans hate. So if you happen to be a black male who's a father and you don't see yourself as a black man, I don't mean look in the mirror and see yourself. I mean, you, don't, you just don't go about your life that way. You're an American citizen who's a dad. You don't walk around every day obsessed with the melanin component of your skin. They hate that. Because if they don't get you to believe that first, that that's primarily what you are, you're defined by the melanin component of your skin, then they can't get you to believe that they're protecting you against the evil Republican horde. Because remember, as we saw in the video clip, Trump's at war with everybody. War, war, war on the minority community, war on justice. Ugh. And who's there to protect you? The Democrats. So go full circle. The Democrats know they can't talk to black men and women or Hispanic men and women reasonably and tell them things like, hey, here's what we support. Give us your money. Give us your kids. Give us your health care system. And let's terminate life in the womb. They can't say that because no one will vote for them. So they knock on their door and say, hey, you know, you're black, right? Uh, yeah, I knew that. Those Republicans really hate you. You know, you're an immigrant, right? You know, those Republicans, they really hate you. None of that's actually true. But if you don't identify with that category first, primarily, they'll be lost and they'll have no message. That's why they constantly seek out these absurdities and these openly racist things like, here are categories of whiteness. Ladies and gentlemen, read that chart. I assure you, if, if you, as a leftist, really believe that competition, science, and the nuclear family are principles that only apply to white people, you are a hardcore racist. I am not kidding. You're not a mild racist. You're not a dog whistle racist. Joe, would you agree? You are a hardcore racist. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Right with you, bro. I'm not saying that hyperbolically. If mm. your public position is that if you're a dad to your kids in a nuclear family who goes to work and competes and, and wants to excel in his life and who believes in science, that you're in fact not black, you're white then, or you're not, you're, that, that's not, uh, that's, that's a condition of whiteness only. You are a serious, hardcore racist who needs 
hardcore professional help. How are people, I mean, how are people not seeing this? Is it not obvious that, again, the melanin component of your skin? Can I just tell you again a quick story here? Because this is, I'm Italian and Irish, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm Italian, Irish, German, and English. If you want to be, we'll get, throw the whole thing in there. I don't identify with any of that. I'm an American citizen. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm, I'm a, you know, a commentator. Those things matter to me. I, I, not that I don't care about these things. I just, I've never been to Italy. I, I love Italians. They're great. I just, I don't get into that. I'm an American citizen. I'm not a hyphenated American citizen. I love this country. Never even been to Italy. I haven't been to Ireland. I have been to Germany. I happen to have relatively dark skin, olive-toned skin, especially out here in Florida where it's 114 degrees on Christmas. You walk out to get your garbage cans from the front curb. Wouldn't you agree, Paul? You're tanned in, in about two minutes. Perfectly tanned from, from a, the, a white out like white, and you have olive toe right away in Florida. That sun is powerful. Why do I bring this up? Because I got an email once from a Media Matters lunatic. I'm not kidding this Oliver clown asking me how I identify myself. If I identify what? myself as black. What? What? I, no, I'm not kidding. The guy's a total nut job, oh, but I didn't answer the email. Cause I'm so stupid. Do I identify myself? It goes to show you how ridiculous identifying and judging people by the melanin component of their skin is. You can't even figure it out yourself. So blackness versus whiteness is so important to the left, not to us. So important, and you should judge people by it. Yet when you see people, you're not sure which one they are. Kind of a big miss then, no, Joe, right? I'm just yeah, saying, I'd like, say. if you misjudge someone, like, I, if you go online, a lot of people think I'm black. I'm not. I'm, again, Italian, German, Irish, and English. It doesn't matter to me. They're obsessed with it because they don't know. They're like, it would, two buttons, Joe. Wait, wait. Is he the evil whiteness guy? Is he the, or is he the good guy, minority guy? We don't know. It doesn't matter what I say or do. They're obsessed. They had to email me the question. How do you identify? How do you identify? As a human being, I thought that's how we were identifying people. I'm just checking. No, no, not them. You're so obsessed with race as the definitive characteristic of who the good guys and the bad guys are, yet you yourself don't know the race of the people you want to define? Again, kind of a big miss, no? If you're evil or bad based on your race, like leftists want us to believe, you better damn well get that question right. Right? We don't have to ask that question. Conservatives and libertarians and freedom-loving Democrats, if there are any left anymore. Why don't we have to ask it? Because we don't care. It's a meaningless characteristic to us. It means nothing. What you do matters. The left had to ask, like, you know what? Hold on. We're going to do this on a show. I'm going to try to find this. Because you think I'm making this up. Hold on a second. I'm going to, I may, I hope I didn't delete this. Uh, Is he on here? This would be, this would be classic. If I could find this. Don't, no, don't edit any of this out. This is, I'm not messing with you. I know who sent me the email. I may have deleted it. Let me put it in. Oliver. 
Media matters. Mm-hmm. I'm showing. I'm not even kidding. I'll read the actual email. Like I may have deleted it because he was such a numbskull. I didn't even want this guy in my email. But oh, darn it, I can't find it. But I'm telling you, it happened. Oliver Willis, Media Matters, emailed me about how I identify myself as a human being is the answer, which I never answered him because I don't answer those people. Not how you identify yourself. Moms, dads, those kind of things. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the things that really matter. Being a mom, being a spouse, being a dad, being a grandmother. The roles you fill and you see yourself in where you can really make an impact and make the world a better place. Not the melanin component of your skin as the primary determinant of your life. They're obsessed with it. All right, let me just, uh, Paul, can we go to that Vice story quick? It's important. I want to finish off with this today because, folks, I I am, in, again, I'm one of the owners of Parlor. I have to say that uh, just out of fair disclosure to my audience, which is a competitor to Twitter, Facebook, and elsewhere. But Twitter had a major meltdown yesterday, folks. Uh, I thought the security was a little better there at Twitter in case you missed it. Major league accounts. I'm not talking about baseball. I'm talking about people with huge followings were hacked into yesterday, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Elon Musk, and others. And they put a Bitcoin account up and they basically got money from people. Here's a Vice story. Hackers convinced Twitter employee to help them hijack accounts. Wait, what? Mm. Uh, Parler was okay yesterday. I just want that on the record. Um, Now, if you were a blue checkmark account on Twitter, for those of you not social media savvy, a blue checkmark next to your name means... I have one, so I'm always careful how I talk about it because either way you sound like a jerk. But it means you have somewhat of a following and they give you a blue check mark to make sure people don't impersonate you. That's why. We have a verification process on Parler as well. So if you had a blue check mark, which probably means you have a pretty decent following too, Twitter, in response to this hack, shut down all blue check marks from posting for about two hours. I was shut out. Wasn't shut out of Parler. Parler was A-OK, which was good. But folks... From this uh, Vice story, it's fascinating. But how, mu- how much power do these people have? Quote, on Wednesday, the accounts of Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Uber, and Apple tweeted cryptocurrency scams and an apparent hack? What did we miss? We used a rep. This is a quote. This is the people who hacked into it. They told Vice, we used a rep that literally done all the work for us. One of the sources told Motherboard. The second source added, excuse me, they told Motherboard that. The second source added they paid the Twitter insider. Motherboard granted the source's anonymity to speak candidly about a security incident. Twitter says they're still investigating whether the employee hijacked the accounts themselves or gave hackers access to the tool. Folks, how much power do Twitter insiders have? This is a serious question. I get it. Again, I'm a part owner of a competitor. But I say this with as much objectivity as I can. How much power do Twitter insiders have? Joe, can I just pitch you a hypothetical before we wrap the show for well, today? Certainly, Dan. So a Twitter insider had enough access to either sell his access to these high-profile accounts or have his account hijacked, and people posted on behalf of Joe Biden and Barack Obama? Mm. You probably see where I'm going with this. Does a Twitter insider have the ability to then go into Donald Trump's account? Yes, which was already canceled mm-hmm. by a Twitter insider. Remember that? Remember that incident a while ago and they had to reinstate it? What if they were to post something like, 
hey, Russia, heads up. There's a few nukes coming your way. I'm just asking. Like, is mm-hmm. that, what, what kind of power? Do you, do you understand the power of Twitter? It's one of the reasons we started Parler, because their power is almost monopolistic. Well, those same leaders could go out on Parler accounts and say, hey, what just happened over on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, to be fair to other social media accounts, and say, hey, that's not us. We are not bombing Russia as we speak. I think Twitter needs to do some serious soul searching, and we will too. But just keep in mind, at Parler, all the user verification data you provide, we delete all that. We only keep your selfie. We don't keep any of your stuff. We don't data mine. We don't do any of that because we don't want to be responsible for your data. We're not. These other companies out there are selling your data. It's dangerous stuff. It's a serious question. Hey, China, we're going to war tomorrow. Can you imagine someone posting that on a Twitter account? Serious questions. All right, folks, I will be on The Five today. If you want to check it out, I'll be co-hosting uh, The Five at 5 o'clock on the Fox News channel. If you want to check that out, it should be a lot of fun. So uh, <laughs> don't miss that. I don't know who's in today. It's always, it's always a little spicy when I'm there. You know how I feel about getting into it with the tussling with the libs a little bit. Thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the podcast, youtube.com slash Bongino and on Apple Podcasts as well. Subscriptions are free. They help us move up the charts. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, folks. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.